This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Oh, Reet Maras, how's it going? Welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. This is episode 48 and we hope you enjoyed our Christmas special. That's right, a lot of people didn't get onto it straight away. It was a Christmas special because we had Chris (laughs) Billy on the podcast. That's right, I told you before I even told you who was going to be on the Chris special and I hope you all really really enjoyed the Christmas special and today joining me on the podcast is not only one but two guests and first of all I'm going to introduce you to everybody's favorite regular co-host all the way from out west this week so you might think there's something a little different about his audio that's because he's out west this week it's Wills. Wills is joining me. Hello, Wills. You all right, mate? All right, Skelly. Yeah, I'm just phoning from a phone box because that's all we have out west. <laughs> that's all we have out west. Well, and we do appreciate you standing in the middle of a field in your phone box. Um, hopefully there won't be too many sheep knocking on the door by the end of the recording because we all know what they're like trying to tap the change out of these phone boxes in these rural areas but mate yeah we're gonna have somebody else coming to join us in just a few minutes he's in the waiting room and he knows what's happening on today's show but you don't really know what's happening on today's show and neither do the listeners so let's tell you guys what we've got planned yeah so this week on the show because we've got no football to talk about from the weekend and we don't have any football really to talk about going forward because Carlisle's last two matches have both been cancelled due to um, well COVID um, restrictions unfortunately COVID precautions COVID restrictions COVID tests and uh, depleting squad numbers have all contributed towards Carlisle having a little bit of deja vu because this kind of happened to us last season at this exact point but the difference being last season we were on a run of really good form and we had some really good momentum behind us and a little bit of a break 
kind of ruined that for us. Yeah. And this time round, it's different because we've not had a fantastic run of form. We are doing better than what we've been doing uh, recently over recent months. Obviously, gathering a couple of points up and being able to hold teams and and things like that. But mate, we don't have a lot of football to talk about, which means that this week we're going to do a little bit of a half-season... That's true, that's true. We're not the only ones. Lots of games are being cancelled, yeah. But it means this week we're going to do a bit of like a half-season sort of review, and we're going to be bringing in Liam Denwood from Blue Army TV to help us discuss all those things. But first, mate, there's a few things to get out of the way. And as tradition here Mm -hmm. on the Blue Army podcast... It's time for the Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. Let's see. The Blue Army Podcast. Right, here we go. Joke of the Week time, mate. Nice and quick one for you. What do you call a singing laptop? Oh. I don't know. What do you call a singing laptop? Ah, Dell. <laughs> hey! It's funny as well. We cracked it. We cracked it again. We're having a good run. We're having a good run of form with the Blue Army podcast joke of the week. That's right. What do you call a singing laptop? Adele. Like Adele computers. Yay! <laughs> Fantastic. Well, just before we bring Liam Denwood in, mate, I tried to do it a little bit of a news roundup and there wasn't a lot in the way of relevant news unfortunately most of the news articles around the news and star and things like that are based upon um what chris beach wanted to see out of his squad going into the next game or news about games being cancelled there's not a lot of things to cover in that department but what there has been is some good things happening for a couple of ex blues um and first of all i'm going to talk about Peter Murphy, who is currently in charge at Annan Athletic. Now, Peter Murphy's Annan Athletic have been going through quite a nice run of form at the moment. They've won their last four league games. They thrashed the top of the league opposition in their Boxing Day fixture 5-1 and currently find themselves third in Scotland's bottom professional tier could you, do you is it a professional tier uh, we'll have to do a little bit more research into finding out if it's um, i think yeah, some parts are some parts are yeah a bit semi-pro yeah. probably more semi-pro than pro um but yeah it's nice to see x blues doing well in their current endeavors mate and peter murphy was obviously one of those names that was getting touted around the, uh, the Brunton Park job when Chris Millen took the position. Now, obviously, ex-players always get thrown into the hat in those conversations. But, yeah, it's nice to see, isn't it? Murphy doing well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, he's, he's been there for quite a while, hasn't he? So, what are we... Is he maybe on his, like, third or fourth year there? So, you know, it'll, it'll be his squad and he put his stamp on there. So it's good to see that kind of paying dividends. Yeah, man, absolutely. And there's some more ex-Blues that were doing quite well in the coaching department was a defensive duo, Danny Livesey and Simon Grand. They took temporary charge of... um, Let's have a look at that. I think it was Chester they took temporary charge over. uh, 
Sorry? Yeah, yes, Chester. Yeah, uh, they took temporary charge over at Chester and uh, did pretty well with the opportunity that they were given, but haven't been given the full-time job. There's a manager that has stepped in there, former Newcastle player Steve Watson and ex-Gateshead, ex-Yorkshire City boss. So Steve Watson does have a bit of experience and pedigree under his belt, but it's nice to see more ex-Blues getting the opportunity to step on to those coaching ladders, and then maybe one day being able to come back to the club and give us a helping hand. Now, me, I've got some lovely memories of Simon Grand. I always liked Simon Grand and the way that they would kind of some games get thrown a bone and get thrown up front for the last sort of 10 minutes of a game. And he would sort of be that replacement for when Derek's home's legs seemed to be getting a bit tired and he wanted to get another big physical unit playing up front there. Um, Mate, you've got to be happy with that, right? Surely. It's uh, ex-players doing well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm I'm constantly impressed by, like, how long them two have been able to have a partnership going for because they've been together. They were together at Barrow as well, and they're now both together at Chester. I don't know if there are any other clubs. I mean, like, throughout their careers... They've been uh, a centre-back pairing at several clubs and potentially um, a, a managerial pairing in the future as well. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, that might be quite cool because at Chester, that seems to be the way that they've been doing things as of late, is using those uh, sort of duo manager roles. Now, mate, let's get into the nitty-gritty of what we're really here to do and then able to do that I'm going to introduce now Mr Liam Denwood from Blue Army Television we're just admitting him into the room and can you hear us Liam? I hopefully haven't muted him. <laughs> no there'll be a little symbol. That's it there's no camera but Liam can you hear us? Oh some weird noises going on. I don't know if Liam's there. Liam, are you there? There he is. <laughs> hey, there we go. We're all in the room together. Can you hear us, Liam? Yeah. That's better. Spot on. <laughs> yeah, Spot yeah. On. I had an issue with the microphone, that's all. Ah, that's all good, man. That's all good. I'm not used to doing these freeway calls anyway, so it's a bit, it's a bit <laughs> odd for all of us. But yeah, welcome, Liam Denwood from... Blue Army TV, welcome back to the Blue Army podcast. Um, what have you been doing recently? We've got no games to talk about. I know it's miserable, isn't it? <laughs> I, I was, I had free. I was meant to be going to free away. Then we're going to happen by the looks of things. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's just been enjoying Christmas recently. I, I was used to Christmas. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um, spent in isolation, but. Yeah. With the family, so. <laughs> That's it. Wills hasn't been feeling too good recently. Obviously, I was gutted because Boxing Day was going to be my big day off work to properly enjoy myself, and that game got cancelled. So I'm gutted about that. But mate, Christmas itself was spot on. I really can't complain. Now, Liam, what you're here to do is to sort of like add a bit more spice to the mix because me and Wills had an idea because there's been no football to play this week, of doing sort of like a half-season review and handing out a couple of uh, awards that don't really 
obviously mean anything to the players themselves, but they mean something to yeah. us, obviously, because we're the ones giving out the awards. So both of you have had about an hour with these questions and categories, so you kind of know what's coming up. And um, we're just going to talk, debate and discuss a couple things that have been happening in the season up until this point in almost like an awards-style presentation. So hopefully it'll be a bit of fun and it's better than doing newt. <laughs> so um, to so kick things Just off, uh, go on. clarify first, are these questions that you're asking, is this of 2021 or is it of the first half of this season? Well, see, I've kind of done mine just for the first half of the season. I was going to go and okay. do the whole year 2021, yeah. but I'm just going to do the first half of the season. But if you guys have uh, I've got a bit confused, and it'll be my fault anyway, I'm sure I can accommodate no, yeah. your answers. I, I think I was thinking that as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I can, uh, I, can, I, can, I can accommodate some answers if, uh, if, if you guys get a bit confused. But the first one to kick us off with is a nice and easy one, I think, anyway. And um, I'll, I'll kick things off. I'll say my answer to this question first. But the category is, for the first question, Carlisle United's best signing so far this season. And in my opinion, the best signing Carlisle United have made so far this season. The person who has made the biggest, most positive impact on the squad so far has to be Mr. Mark Howard, the goalkeeper. That's my opinion. I think the experience that he's brought into the squad to steady the ship has made the most amount of impact. I know, obviously, you guys might be thinking Brandon Gibson maybe might be the player because he's scored a lot of goals for us so far this season. But I just feel that Mark Howard has given his defence that bit of confidence to be going on with and gave us the platform of something to build on going forward. Now, Liam, I'll, I'll hand over to you, mate. Um, agree or disagree? Have you got someone else? Uh, well, now that you've said that, I agree. But when I got Mark Howard, uh, but yeah, I think I think you can make a very good case for both of them. Um, Gibson has come in and been, you know, we wouldn't, we'd be in the relegation zone without Gibson. And I think we'd be in the relegation zone without Howard as well. So it's, it's them two things. It's, it's, you know, he's, he's obviously been a very good sign and brought that experience in. And I think as well with Mark Howard, he shows that you can get them kind of quality players in the free agent market. So he's more of like a, a, a statement signing. And I think if he signs a contract, in, he's our best signing. But because it's on such a short term contract at the minute, I'm going to have to go with Jordan Gibson because we've got him for a little bit longer. Yeah, that makes sense, man. As a smarter signing in the long term, definitely. Wills, what are you thinking? So, I mean, I'd kind of, like, recognised that it was between Gibson and Howard. And I'd gone with I'd gone with Gibson. But, mm. you know, like um, Liam says there, having heard your argument for Howard, it seems like you've put together a better argument for Howard than I can put together for Gibson because of Howard's end as a whole. Um, I, I went with Gibson because... He was because he was more impactful as a player, and you you know you kind of like you know you do kind of like think more regularly of players that score goals than you do keepers. So I kept finding myself drawn towards Jordan Gibson. Yeah, well, with... you're both sticking with Gibson, so you've outgunned me, lads. Um, <laughs> even though you both admitted that I've had a better argument there, you both outgunned me and stuck to your guns, and somehow. 
came away on the top <laughs> for the first category. Um, I'll have one more go at trying to trying to convince what he is, though. Um, obviously, Mark Howard is a fantastic example of what you can still do with the free agent market. Yes, if he does sign a longer-term contract to the end of the season, you might be more uh, thinking that the impact is going to be more of a long-term role. Just think, this is what I'm thinking. If you take... Gibson out of every game until the end of the season or you take Mark Howard out of every game until the end of the season out of those two players I feel like if Howard was still in the squad there's a chance we can stay up but if Howard wasn't in the squad and Gibson was in the squad I don't see the balance going necessarily that way what do you have to say to that Wills? Um, You know you make you make a compelling argument but I've just decided that you know um, I'm going to stick to what I originally said just in the interests of good, you know just in the interests of good broadcasting don't think it would be as fun if kind of like we said Gibson I said Gibson Liam said Gibson and then you just talk as both <laughs> Your journalistic <laughs> integrity gets ahead of you Liam, Liam are you going to stick to your guns as well it looks like eh? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sticking to my guns. If he signs a con- if he said- <laughs> if he signs for longer, I'll change my mind. You know, if that, if that is an incentive for Howard to sign, then I don't know what it is. But for now, <laughs> I hope you're listening, Howard. I genuinely hope you're listening. Um, yeah, I mean, all right then, lads. Fair enough. Gibson's winning this one. Best season, uh, best signing of the season so far, going to uh, Jordan Gibson. There. Um, what was it about thirty-five thousand pounds he cost us from Dun Dun Dunluck uh, in Ireland? So, yeah, he, he he did cost a little bit of money. He wasn't a free contract. Yeah. but he, he does have the better contract out yeah. the two. Yeah. I can see where you're both coming from, and yeah, I'll have to. I'll just have to accept the fact that I've been outnumbered on this particular <laughs> question. So the next one going forward is um, the best goal so far. This season. Now I started off the last category, so uh, Liam, I'll hand over to you to kick off this one. What do you think has been the best goal scored by a Carlisle United player so far this season? Um, for me, I think it's going to have to be Brennan Dickinson's late, late equaliser against Scunthorpe, just because of like, yeah, the absolute limbs in the stadium when that went in it was unbelievable it's maybe not the best like you know you look at highlight reels it's not like a banger from 30 yards out but just what it meant I think is one of um, but yeah, mate, it was a it was a hell of a strike. It meant a lot at the time, obviously, to get those points in the bag at a time against the team that you really need to be picking up points again. I do have something different. Wills, do you have something different? Yeah, uh, my pick is Joe Riley against Newport. Uh, Newport. This was a goal scored. Yeah, it was a goal scored in like the first. Was it like the first thirty seconds of the game? So yeah. that makes it stand out because we're out of the block so quick. Passing in the build up to it, um, again, you know the finish itself has been better finishes this season. But I always like a good team goal with some nice passing, and that's probably one of the best sort of passing moves I've seen us put together this season. So yeah, Joe Riley versus Newport. Yeah. Okay. I mean, my is also a Joe Riley goal, but mine's the first ever 
goal of the season because also of what it meant. It was scored in front of the home fans. It was Joe Riley from just outside the area. And it's one of those goals where you can do sound effects to it because you can just see the way that Riley's body turns and he hits the ball. You can just go almost do that, like that, 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 that gun sort of kind of noises that goes with the goal. You can just sort of see him <laughs> cock his leg in the right position and hit the ball and it just goes bang, you know, it's just one of those goals that just looks really nice and it just aesthetically just a nice goal. It's a bit of a daisy cutter, but it's got the power to sort of ripple the back of the net in the bottom corner. And obviously being Carlisle's first goal of the season, which eventually did lead to Carlisle's first win of the season. That's the per- that's the goal I'm going to give my nomination to. Now, obviously, we're not going to find a winner for e- absolutely every single category so far. Um, but saying that my goal and Will's goals were scored by the same person, you might be more willing to put Joe Riley's hat on top of that uh, category. <laughs> so to speak, uh, on this occasion. Um, I mean, at least that's the way I'm writing it down anyway. And we'll move on to the next category, which is most exciting player to watch so far this season. Now, there was a lot at the start of this season said about the kind of player that Zach Clough was supposed to be and a lot of people and a lot of sections of the support still don't believe that Zach Clough is living up to those expectations. Now, obviously, I'm not going to nominate him to be the most exciting player to watch so far this season because he just hasn't been. Um, Wills, it is your turn to nominate somebody first for a category. Um, But first, before we dive into that, let's have a little bit of a discussion about whether or not we're a little bit disappointed in what we've seen from Zach Clough so far this season. Wills, what do you reckon of Zach Clough so far this season? Yeah, I mean, like, he's been exciting in moments. Um, That goal that I mentioned that Riley scored, that was my best goal. Uh, He was, he did some of the lovely stuff that led to the goal. So he's kind of, like, shown that off and on. And if he showed that regularly, then, you know, we probably would be talking about him in terms of, like, best signing and things like that. Uh, um, Whether Keith Millen has had long enough to kind of find get something out of him yet he's tried him in different positions and he seems to look a bit better out on the wing uh, but I don't think that will be I think it's just kind of like uh, Keith Millen's managed to sort of like slot him in there so um, not giving up on him yet but um, we haven't really you know we've seen glimpses of what he can do but they've been uh, few and far between yeah, what about you, Liam? What have you got to say about Zach Clough so far this season? I'll be honest with you, I, I think he's maybe gone in January. I can I, honestly, I can see that happening. Really? Uh, what just because? Because I just don't think he looks happy uh, mm. on the pitch, and that uh, what Chris Beach wanted to do. And now with a new manager who maybe doesn't have the same faith in him as Chris Beach did, he just it honestly it's an experiment, and it was an exciting one when he first came in, but it just hasn't worked, and I, I don't think he's happy at the club. So I, I can see him leaving, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say no to him leaving either. 
if we get just a little bit of money for him. Yeah, I, mean, I don't see anyone well, paying money for him. I'm not. I could imagine somebody maybe coming in and taking a chance on one of those loans to buy, maybe going forwards. I think he's got enough um, of a reputation for somebody maybe. to take a chance on him. Um, and he's worked with a few managers, <laughs> so there's obviously a few managers that like him. Um, so I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that that's not a possibility. Now you've definitely said it. I would consider. Um, getting that wage off the wage bill just to open up the possibility to bring in some recruits that are going to make an impact in January. But I mean, we, we might we might discuss January a little bit later on, lads, um, and, and uh, we will cross that bridge when we come to it. But yeah, I just wanted to bring up the fact that I've I've not been necessarily impressed by Zach Clough, and that's disappointing because he's one of the players that I was expecting to be. Impressed by this season, I was hoping that it would be a bit of a highlight for us this season, and it really hasn't worked out to be that way. And there doesn't really seem to be any kind of learning curve to Zach Clough. Every performance is very much the same. There's little glimpses here and there, or there isn't little glimpses here and there. And he's either coming off after 60 minutes or coming on after 70 minutes. And yeah, it doesn't seem to be getting the most out of him, and he doesn't cut the most. Um, enthusiastic figure either on the pitch he, he, he's not that headstrong into yeah. these games he doesn't seem like he's up for a battle at the moment um, but yeah we'll move back into the questions the question obviously was who's the most exciting player to watch and uh, Wills I believe we were going to let you handle this one first Yes, I mean, I kind of answered this when I said um, about best signing because it was kind of the reason why I fancied Gibson over Howard and why I was more drawn to that is because the player to watch is John Gibson. Um, he is positive with the ball. He's got a bit of skill as well, so he'll kind of do something with it. He'll beat his man or pick out a pass. Um, yeah, and he's kind of like probably the only player we've got at the moment who, if he gets the ball with players in front of him, you think what well, he's going to beat one or two of them and kind of create an opportunity for us. Yeah, he's an exciting player to watch. Yeah. Um, yeah what I will say, well, I get you on your you feet. Know. Yeah, he's one of those players that gets you, gets you out your seat, gets you on your feet, gets you clapping, keeps you warm in the winter. And that's always very well respected from a Brunton Park crowd because we do need things to keep us warm in those winter games. And uh, yeah, Jordan Gibson, one of the reasons I didn't put him down as my signing of the season so far is because otherwise, I mean, we'll go through the list as we go through the list, but you'll see his name popping up more and more on my list. So I didn't want it just to be a series of Gibson, 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 Gibson. So I did put Howard over Gibson because Gibson is um, top of so many of my lists. And this is one of the lists that he's top of for me. I also put him down as the most exciting player. When he picks up the ball on the right or the left, it doesn't really seem to make that much of a difference. He wants to carry it forward. And he's one of the few players that wants to carry the ball forward. Um, in recent games, Callum Guy's been looking a little bit less shy and he's quite happy to stay on the ball for a couple of touches and move forward with it before finding those passes. 
rather than just knocking them from deep. But that's only been in the last two to three games. And it looks like Millen's told him to hold the ball a little bit more and don't always look for the pass and maybe run with it once in a while. And that seems to be really helping the midfield situation out a lot at the moment. But yeah, Gibson, for a large part of the season, was the only player on the pitch that was happy with the ball at his feet and wanted to run with it. Um, Liam, do you have a, do, do you have a difference of opinion? Uh, no, if it's a, it's a clean sweep now. All three Jordan <laughs> Gibson. <laughs> I doubt there's going to be many of these, but we we all agree. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's what more is there to say about him, mate? You know, he's just one of those players that that really seems to be able to get Carlisle fans off their seats so far this season. Now, um, so yeah, the next category, obviously, I don't think uh, we'll all agree on this one because uh, once again, I've done my best to rattle my brain a bit and really figure out a good argument for somebody. Uh, to suit this category. Now, I kind of think who you two might be leaning towards. And, uh, I mean, hopefully I'm wrong because it'll make more interesting content. But I've gone for a different player. This category that we're going to talk about now is best young player. And um, I'm going to go first this time because it's been a little bit of a while. And I've gone for Brad Young. I've gone for Brad Young as best young player so far this season. Yes, I know he's not one of ours. Yes, I know he's not a homegrown talent. <laughs> and those were the first names that were going through my head. But as far as a young player who has contributed both goals and assists in the first team in competitive games this season, and um, somebody who has been making impactful um, impressions on the first team, not necessarily week in, week out, but can't be debated against the fact that he has scored goals and he has found the back of the net and he has maybe got a little bit more in way of confidence going forwards. Um, yeah, Brad Young for me has to be Carlisle United's best young player so far this season. Uh, Wills, I'll pass over to you this time because last time I went first I think Liam yeah. went second so Wills who's your best young player so far this season it was a difficult one to choose from this one because uh, you know um, we haven't been giving uh, the crop of youngsters that have come through our own academy as much of a chance and battles as well managers you know look for players who've got more nows and you know, maybe kind of a young player might get a chance here and there if they've got a bit of exciting, you know, potential about them. But there's also a tendency, I think, for managers to see young players as if they have a bad game, it might take them a bit longer to kind of like pick themselves back up again. So um, we've had some, you know, some young players that look like they've got a lot of potential, but this season's not proving to be a breakthrough season for any of them. The likes. So I've gone for one player who has kind of like uh, cemented his place in the squad, in, in the team. Um, he might be finding it a bit tougher going this season than he did last season, but he's still kind of proved his worth. That's Jack Armour. You're going with Jack Armour, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I did... still get assists and goals from left yeah. back position. Um, he's 
been under a bit more pressure defensively this season. Uh, but, you know, as as will happen when the team are performing poorly as a whole, you know, it puts defenders under more pressure. So it's... It, it's so he's kind of, you know, still to be commended for how much potential he's shown at the age he's at. Yeah, I feel like, um, I mean, having a quick little look at his stats, I think there's only one or two players that match him in terms of being involved in matchday squads so far this season and things like minutes played, he's definitely in the top three for things like that. So as far as being a young man in the first team and and contributing week in, week out, yeah, you've made a really good case there for for Jack Armour. I do still forget he is only 20 years of age and he only turned 20 uh, earlier on this season. He started the season as a 19-year-old. Liam, who have you got as your best young player so far this season? Um, I had... I was going to say Brad Young um, up until that Shrewsbury game where he just... He, I, I, rem- I remember it still. The chance that he missed where he could have squared it, it's still fresh in my <laughs> mind. I, can't, I, still, I still can't get over that. So, yeah, I, I, I said Jack Armour as well. Um, ah. Just because, look, he's... I think he's a quality defender and you almost forget how young he is. Just were on the ball and in defence, he's just yeah. he's by far, I think, the, the standout, the standout player, one of the standout players this season, along with, uh, well, Riley probably, but yeah, uh, Jack Armour for me. Yeah, yeah I think if you've got I, players in the squad now that are going to go for money, you'd probably look at Jack Armour as being sort of one of the most likely. Yeah, he's yeah. a big, he's a big cash asset for Carlisle United, but also there's not a lot of in. Um, in terms of being able to replace him at left-back. We've always seemed to struggle when he's gone. Uh, I think he got suspended once this season for getting too many yellers. I'm not, I don't think he's had a red card this year. But um, I honestly am surprised that both of you went for Jack Armour because I thought somebody would put a cheeky little Sam Fishburne in there. And that's what I was trying <laughs> to steer away from a little bit. Yeah. Um, Kind of really want to go mm. with Sam Fishburn, but it's not it's not quite happened for him yet. It's good he's getting there, you know. It's good he's getting kind of given the opportunities, um, you know. Well, like even Taylor Charters has been given given more not opportunities quite, this yeah, season. Given best young player. Yeah, yeah, it's been yeah. more recent, hasn't it, Sam Fishburn? At yeah. the end of the season, the we might team. be saying his best young player. Maybe, maybe, and that <laughs> might be a prediction for later on. Um, in the categories <laughs> that we've got there. Um, yeah, all right, lads, I'll, I'll, I'll have to concede that one. Jack Armour has to be the uh, the best young player so far this season for Carlisle United. You both, you both made really good points there. Um, and to be honest, I'm glad that I at least uh, threw a spanner in the mix there and we didn't agree with each other twice in a row. Right, so what we're going to do now, lads, is we're going to run through the positions in Carlisle United's team and then uh, pick the best overall player from these categories. So obviously at first we've got best goalkeeper. Now normally it would be a straightforward one person to pick kind of horse race and uh, I mean it, it, it kind of is. I'm pretty sure we're all going to agree on this particular one but Carlisle have had a number of uh, goalkeepers playing in goal this season, uh, namely talking about Lucas Jensen, Magnus Norman and Mark 
Howard. Now, Liam, I'm going to hand over to you to uh, nominate the best goalkeeper so far this season for Carlisle United. And I'm pretty sure we're all going to be in agreement about it. Um, knock your socks off, lad. What have you got? Uh, yeah, it's, it's just Mark Howard. Uh, there's not really much competition. He's been class when he's come in. Um, and yeah, he, well, he's kept Magnus Norman out of the team. And I think that's all the evidence you really need for this. I really hope he stays in January. Yeah, I'd like to see him stay in January. Magnus Norman doesn't really seem to have uh, filled the backroom staff or the squad with much confidence with his performances at the start of the season. I'll be honest that they still ring shadows in my head of a couple of back passes going back to Norman and him trying to put his foot through it and just daisy cutting it straight into an attacker. And he got away yeah. with it at least twice I was gonna say, at the start of the season. Kind of um, didn't actually cost us any goals. There was some clear kind of like weaknesses in Magnus Norman's game. Um, but yeah, it, it didn't actually... I can't remember the time when Magnus Norman did something like that and we conceded because of it. We got lucky. I feel like we got... I think he and got lucky. for that reason, my best keeper lucky. is Magnus. No, it's not Magnus. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I mean, same, same lads. Mine's, mine's, mine's Mark Howard as well. Um, when I first saw Lucas Jensen at pre-season at Charlie, he looked like a unit. And because we've just seen the World Cup with Donnarumma in goal for Italy and obviously the big man doing so well as a penalty stopper. Test with Donnarumma. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I got a little bit excited. Maybe I went a little bit too far. Maybe, <laughs> you know, I predicted a bit too much for Lucas Jensen. I still have confidence in him. Um, I feel like he's going to be a good goalkeeper. He's still a young man. Uh, and he's still obviously got a, a Premier League team's sort of, you know, training facilities behind him. So I guess he'll sort of see... Very young for a goalkeeper. Yeah, very young for a goalkeeper. I can't imagine him not getting the um, international sort of like mentions because it's not like a Denmark a flush with too many goalkeepers when it comes to number threes and number fours and international duty. So I can, I can imagine him being around the sort of championship top flight for most of his career. Um, but it, it's one of those things that just hasn't worked out for him or maybe the backroom staff just don't have the confidence in him. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm Mark Howard as well. Um, it yeah. has to be Mark Howard. It's a clean sweep for Mark Howard for the best goalkeeper. So he's going into the hat for best overall player this season. So the next category is obviously best Defender. Now, the person I've got written down would have made a very good case for um, most improved player, uh, which is a category that we've got further down the line. Um, I've gone for Corey Whelan. Uh, I think Corey Whelan maybe started the season, the first one or two games didn't fill a lot of people with confidence, including myself. And more and more as the season has gone on, seems to have really pushed himself into one of the first names that goes on that team sheet. One of the most consistent performers that we have and physically one of the most imposing players we have in the squad. Somebody that can really put a striker off his game. Somebody that can really make attackers 
feel uncomfortable in a one-on-one marking situation. And that's what's been really impressive for me so far this season for Corey Whelan is the fact that when he when he's assigned to in a striker, he seems to be able to put them in his back pocket nice and quiet and keep them there for most of the game. Um, I'll throw over to Liam this time. Liam, who have you got for your best defender? Um, I've already said him today, but Jack Armour, just because, you know, I've, he's the one that I'm the most confident with. When they're on the ball, Morgan Feeney to sort of make a mistake, but Jack Armour, some of his tackles and just the confidence I've got in him, especially at such a young age, you know, if he stays at the club, he'll become like, like you know, Danny Granger, club legend sort of status. But uh, yeah, Jack Armour is, is, I think he's the best player in that back four by a country mile, to be honest with you. So yeah, I'm going to say him. Yeah, I can't believe how much Jack Armour's flown under my radar, actually. Yeah, it's a good, another good point there and another good Jack Armour point on the board. Wills, what are you saying? Best defender? Um, I, I feel like some of your listeners might think that I've become this guy's biggest fan just finding myself <laughs> not not quite bigging him up, but I've, I think I've given him a couple of Man of the Match awards. Um and it's Rob McDonald. Rod. Um, I think of the defenders that we've got, he's the senior one until Mella came in, obviously. Um, but, you know, in terms of centre-backs, and it seems to be the one of the players around him who kind of like has the biggest effect of the players around him. Reeling, yeah. but I kind of feel that Cody Reeling alongside McDonald is better than Reeling alongside Feeney. Um, similar kind of thing if we were talking about Feeney, I think he kind of plays better alongside McDonald. Um, McDonald, although he's, you know, he's kind of got a bit of a reputation for some of the mistakes that he made, I think they were mostly last season, and he seems to have cut a lot of that out of his game this season. So, um, I mean, we, 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 you know, we've not been great defensively, so I would say I won't quite go so far as to say best of a bad bunch, but best of a media. Yeah, the the defence was probably because when of... I mentioned Jack Armour before, I did say he struggled a little bit defensively compared to last season. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's had his on and off talking, days. Armour, I feel yeah, like if defense... you're talking purely about goal stopping, the defensive duties, then that kind of like leans me a bit more towards McDonald. Yeah, I do feel like the defence was one of the harder places to to pick a best player from. There's been um, quite sort of a level playing field for most of the defenders uh, when you're talking about Whelan, McDonald, Armour, and to a certain extent now Meller, because I don't think Meller has really put too many foot wrong since he started in the team. And I've been yeah. quite impressed by his yeah. leadership. No, I think uh, like with an injury, he had... Yeah, with an injury, I feel like we haven't seen enough of Mella yet because he, he missed a good few matches, I think, with an injury. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like there's there's, there's still ways to go this season and, and, and the sort of like... The, it's a good thing that we've all gone for somebody different in the defence because it does show that sort of like um, level yeah. of performance that Carlisle United's defence have been contributing uh, throughout the season. Now, I will say this though, lads. If we didn't get pillaged at the start of the season, George Tanner would probably be flying by now. 
um, in in that defence. He'd absolutely be yeah. destroying this league. And yeah. um, I do. I, I really miss George Tanner uh, at, in that right back position. Yeah, obviously, I've just mentioned Mella being a really nice, consistent performer, but. That's the thing that, that Tanner wasn't necessarily a consistent performer. Some games he could be a man of the match and on a bad day, he'd be all right. <laughs> you know, he, he had that extra level to his game. But there was, I think, Mellor's just quite consistently a seven out of ten kind of player. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, but I don't think we're going to come to an agreement on best defender there. So we've got nominations for Corey Whelan, Jack Armour and Rod McDonald. We'll move on to best midfielder. And Wills, I think it's your turn to go first this time on this category. Um, best midfielder, who have you got and why? Um, I didn't catch that. Who Who's going first? Oh, you're going first, Wills. <laughs> I'm going first. Best midfielder. Uh, I'm going to give it to Joe Riley. Joe Riley. I think, um, yeah, midfield's one of those places where we looked really stable last season. We had kind of a midfield three set up of Guy, Mellish and Riley, and um, they were all able to work sort of bits that were lacking, you know, we could we could get away with playing John Mellish as a central midfielder more last season, the way we were playing. Uh, this season, it's not kicked on as much and we've tried, you know, I mean, we've, we've had to kind of like drop the, you know, the week in, week out, this is your three-man midfield because we've had to try other things. So we've tried like a midfield four and players like Brennan Dickinson have come in there more. Uh, Joe Riley is through injury and sometimes just through um, tactics has found his chances limited or um, is, is not putting many bad performances. And even though some, even though not all of those performances were in midfield this year, um, Callum Guy's had a bit of an off year. John Mellish has had a really off, off year. Um, no one else has really kind of come in and staked a claim. Um, it's still say that Callum Guy has come through it and you know, it remains the linchpin central midfielder. But in terms of performances over the first half of the season, or good performances in him, so give it Joe Riley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it, it does does seem to have that extra uh, bit of room to go to when it comes to uh, having a good performance. Uh, Liam, what have you got? Who have you got and why for best midfielder? Um, exactly the same for exactly the same reasons. Just uh, you know, is is just is the only one that's been really consistent in that midfield. You know, John Mellish hasn't played well. Callum Guy, the captain, hasn't really put in as many good performances as, as I'd like. It's just Joe Riley's been head and shoulders above the rest of them. I think. Yeah, I think you're right, and I've gone for Joe Riley as well on this occasion. So for the second time today, we've got a clean sweep ah. of uh, of nominees, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Joe Riley, regardless of the amount of games he's missed through injury, and I feel like part of that is on the backroom staff and on the management, maybe rushing him back into the team because he has made such a great impact in the games that he has played in. Um, So maybe a little bit too... Yeah. Um, I don't know, too eager to get him back onto the pitch. And well, maybe then literally... because he's not seen... <coughs> yeah. oh, I'm sorry. 
I think maybe because he's, he's, he's not seen as an out-and-out central midfielder and that kind of means that sometimes he ends up getting dropped to the bench because there's a system that uh, Keith Millen wants to play and there's not a lot of space in that system for Joe Riley. Should Joe Riley kind of start, you know, should we, you know, should Keith Miller maybe be thinking if Joe Riley is one of the two, you know, don't just think of him as a right-sided player who is fine in a three-man midfield or as a right winger, but but kind of gets left out of the two-man midfield and just kind of put him in there based on the fact that he has performed in, in a three-man midfield, so he knows his kind of central midfield duties. And yeah, I, he's a consistent performer. I, I, I quite liked him out on the right, um, mm. not as one of those sort of like right-sided out-and-out attackers. Now, it's an old-school sort of right wing and it's, it's a big name to throw out there, but it's a name most people can relate to, the way that he used to play. That David Beckham right wing style of... He wasn't taking players on. He wasn't trying to run past yeah. players, but he what he did was consistently cross the ball well, pass the ball well, find players well, not lose the ball, play the one-twos off the inside, get down the line, use the full-back for the crosses... Just doing the simple stuff really well. And Riley kind of reminded me of that old school winger back in the day before wingers always had to run past defenders with the ball, the sort of wingers that could cross it from deep. And uh, I feel like Riley was, was was quite good out there on the right. But obviously, when you've got players like Zach Clough trying to push into the team, Gibson trying to push into the team, left-sided players like Dickinson who are going to force other players to play on the right rather than the left, it becomes a bit harder. And maybe sometimes Joe Riley misses out because he just doesn't fit into the tactic of that team on that particular day. Now, the last one of these that we have in positions is the best attacker. Um, I think I mentioned it a bit earlier on. I didn't want to keep saying the same name over and over and over again, but I've gone for Jordan Gibson in terms of best attacker. Um, He's the most exciting player on the ball that we've already discussed that. Um, He's the most fruitful player going forward so far for Carlisle this season in terms of assists and goals. Um, he has a great eye for set pieces. Um, he's proved that that he can he can score from free kicks as well. And um, it's just it's just an all round threat for any team in this division. He seems to be one yeah. of those players where if you don't do your research on Carlisle United and you don't try and mark him out the game, Gibson's going to get clear and he's going to make you pay for it. So for me, I'm going to nominate uh, Jordan Gibson for the best attacker. Uh, Liam, who are you saying best attacker? Yeah, Jordan Gibson, in terms of just like, he's the only one in that attack that gives me like any confidence. Yeah. The rest of them, none of them can score. He's the only one that actually knows how to finish. So it would be, you know, rude not to give it to Jordan Gibson, I think. I feel like he's got that bit of confidence on the pitch as well. It rubs off on players around him. Yeah. He looks popular when he celebrates his goals. He looks popular. I mean, there's plenty of players that want to come around him. 
Um, and a stark contrast to what Christian Abrahams has been doing, which is running straight over to the bench. So you can sort of see where his support has been coming from, uh, building his confidence. And maybe other players get their confidence from other players on the pitch, you know, and other players get their confidence from the coaching staff and that kind of thing. Uh, Wills, um, I mean, who are you going to say? It would seem... It would seem silly of me to having having already said he's the best signing and most exciting player to watch, and <laughs> he had a hand in the goal that I said was the best goal. It would seem really silly of me to now not say Jordan Gibson was the best attacker. And so that's why you say in, Christian Abrahams. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't brought in to be our you know main goal threat, but yet he's out to give a player who is we've sung his praises already, and he is the top goal scorer at the club. I don't see how you can say best attacker is anyone else. Um, you know, especially when you look at the you know the players that he's up against in the attacking role. We've got Abrahams and we've got um, Abrahams and Clough, and then uh, a bunch of younger players, players who haven't kicked on yet, haven't had a chance yet. The likes of Mampali, Young, Fishburne. I mean, it's it's only Gibson for me. Is the only one you can say. Hopefully, second half of the season. The end of the season, we were still saying Gibson's our best attacker because as much as a goal threat he is for us, we need somebody who is more of a goal threat than him to actually be banging in the goals because Gibson's more of a creative player. You know, he's not supposed to be the biggest goal threat. It just so happens that we don't have anyone who's a bigger goal threat than him. So... Yeah, so I'd be disappointed if, if at the end of the season we were still saying Gibson for this. I'd hope we were, I'd hope come the end of the season we were talking more about the assists that Gibson has made for some. Yeah, I'd like I'd like to see that contribution sort of like evened out a little bit, and for somebody to yeah. be getting set up with the goals along the way. Now, before we dive into who we all think collectively is Carlisle's best overall player going forward. And I'm kind of thinking we're going to have a bit of a theme. So I'm going to break it up a little bit and I'm going to just uh, have an appetising question before we reach the finale question. Um, most improved player is one of those awards that I would always get disappointed if I never won that in my Sunday league group because in my Sunday league career I was never really too impressive in training the big gangly legs and the tall frame normally having a bit of a strop during uh, training but when it came to game time I liked a bit of physicality and normally would find myself towards the end of the season getting thrown into the forward positions as the long balls would come into the box and I would just be that guy that was a foot taller than everybody else and would be able to head the ball going forwards but it would normally take a manager a full season to get through that process and start playing me up front and so I would always look forward to the most improved player award because that would be the category that I would be most likely to get to take something home in um, and with all that being said um, it is a bit of a donkey prize, but it is a prize after all. And I have gone for most improved player so far this season, 
Rod McDonald. That's who I've gone for. I feel like uh, somebody that didn't fill the Carlisle United fans with too much confidence at the start of the season, especially with the first two or three performances that he had. There really wasn't enough options at the back at the time. Feeney got himself injured and we really only had Whelan and McDonald. And after a couple of games, McDonald just started to find a bit of consistency in his game. And it's the consistency that has led me to naming him my best overall uh, improved, most improved player of the season so far. Wills, who have you gone for for most improved player? Uh, yeah, um, so there was there was a few that kind of came to mind. Um, Danny Devine, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. like uh, you mentioned, uh, Corey Whelan earlier. I think that was mainly because you didn't rate him when you saw him in the... Um, pre-season friendlies I didn't see him in those I kind of like quite rated him at the start of the season mm-hmm. uh, so and then because Rob McDonald in constant game time I think that Divine might be you know might be a, a more improved if we saw him play more um, but until that point I'm going to go for Rob McDonald purely in terms of game time yeah yeah he just had the chance to show it, hasn't he? Liam, mm. who are you picking for your most improved player? Um, I'm going to pick Sam Fishburne, I think. I was, oh, that's a good up, until about, up until about 10 minutes ago, I was vision Because I, I think at the very start of the season, Sam Fishburne wasn't even a professional footballer. Um, and since then, he's, he's yeah. gone out on loan. He's scored how many goals in like 10 games? Away? Was it Lancaster he was away at? He scored yeah. a mad amount of goals. Yeah, yeah. So, he's, yeah. so he's gone from a, you know, a, not even a professional player to pretty much starting week in, week out for Carlisle. So I think even though he hasn't got his first goal yet, I think it's only a matter of time. And I think he has yeah. been the one that's he's the most improved. The thing is, isn't it, when you say most improved, we're not necessarily saying talking about a player who is now one of the we, we, you know we haven't got a player who started the season nowhere and is now everywhere but as I gone from not a professional to you know fairly regular starter yeah 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 I'd say I'd, I'd say he's probably uh, uh at the moment he's the he's the first attacker on the uh, on the team sheet at the moment physicality wise he's definitely what we're needing at the moment. And uh, yeah, he seems to be improving. And if he can start adding goals to his game, then yeah, man, definitely. I feel like that's a, that's a good shout. I didn't really think about that whole learning curve that he's had playing from sort of the non-league at the start of the season, being on a youth contract still, that kind of thing. Um, no, that's really uh, that's really well thought out. I might, uh, I might change my mind. But before I do change my mind, we've got uh, two more categories to get through. And uh, best team performance is one of those categories and um, for me it's a Keith Millen performance that got best overall performance it was one of those games where it looked like we were finally starting to have an idea an identity and a game plan going into matches and it's the one nil win at Walsall is the is the result I'm talking about. 88th minute, Tristan Abraham scored the winner, ended our 12-game winless streak in the league. It was just 
one of those performances where it looked like we knew what we were doing, lads. It looked like we actually had a clue how to defend. Yeah. It filled me with a bit of confidence going forward. And, um, yeah, that has to be it for me, the uh, the 1-0 win at Walsall. Uh, Liam, do you have a, a game to nominate? Uh, yeah, it's the exact same one for me. I, it might be a little bit of recency bias, but I think that was just, it, it looked like, it, it was the first game this season that reminded me of last season's winning run that we went on, because even though we left it really late to score, we were by far the better team in that game, I feel. And it, it was a real team effort. And, you know, it must have been a good team effort if Tristan Abrams has gone and scored, because <laughs> he definitely can't do it by himself. So, yeah, Warsaw for me as well. Yeah, it's a great game. Wills, uh, are you going to upset the apple cart? Do you have something different? Uh, back at other games we played. I, I mean, there's not, you know, if you're thinking about best team performance, it's got to be a game that we've won. Uh, there's not much to pick from. There's a few kind of games where we had, where we were good in one half, like I think Exeter holding off one of the best teams in the in the division until John Mellish got sent off. And there's a few like that where you can kind of pick one half of the game and say we were good for that bit. But the kind of like tempted with speech, but quite, I mean, Salford were poor. Yeah. Uh, Walsall were also pretty poor, but I think we maybe dominated them a bit more than we had did Salford. So I went for Walsall. Yeah, you went for Walsall. As well. So the only thing about the, the Salford game is that when I looked at the stats and I compared them to the stats from the Walsall game, it looks like Salford were all over us. Um, and, and then just sort of like trying to remember what the game was was, was sort of like there going um, into the game. It was so spells, it was, you know, Salford had like a, a spell on top in that. And became a bit did Salford equalise at one point and then we took the lead again. Kind of but there was a there was a spell in that game when Salford were on top. I can't yeah. think of a spell in the Walsall game when Walsall were on top. That's it. That's it. And that's for me in the Walsall game is that we looked confident, we looked dominant, we looked good. We looked like we had a game plan for the first time for 90 minutes that season. Yeah. You are true. There was some glimpses in the weeks before the Walsall game where we had a good 45 minutes or we had a good half an hour. That Exeter game being one of those examples, a lot of people were impressed by the performance until Mellish Yeah, and the new thoughts when we scored that goal. Um... And yeah, and, and, and so we've had a couple of highlights, but nothing, nothing really that you could call a dominant performance yeah. up until... For me, that Walsall game where we just seemed to see the game plan through and did what we needed to do at the end of the game to really win it. Now, I'm being conscious of my Zoom countdown time. It's telling me I've got five minutes to get a move on, which is fine, lads, because all we've got to do now is uh, nominate our best overall player for Carlisle United this season and then give a prediction. So best overall player, and I think this will be a quick one for most of us because he's been top of many of our categories so far um, in the rundown. Uh, Wills, who have you got for your best overall player? Gibson. Gibson, yeah. Liam. I feel like I've given all the explanations I can do already. Yeah, so. yeah. Gibson. <laughs> it is, isn't it, lads? It's Gibson. It has to yeah. be Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> It is Gibson, uh, best overall sort of well-rounded player for the team. We've said enough about Gibson. I don't think we can sing his praises much, much more. So there's a sticker 
on its way to Brunton Park in the post for uh, Brandon <laughs> Gibson. Uh, a nice little halfway through the season award for him. I'm sure that'll exist. Um, and lads, what I wanted to end on today was uh, just a little bit of fun. Um, we're going to use our Mystic Meg mindset. Liam, you're probably a bit too young for Mystic Meg. Um, we're going to use our Mystic Meg mindset. We're going to try and predict and see the future. And uh, yeah, I've asked you both for a random prediction um, and to sort of set the trend off so you kind of know what I'm looking for. I'll go first. And uh, my little random prediction to happen between now and the end of the season is that Sam Fishburn is going to find his scoring boots and by the end of the season, he's going to be in double figures. Uh, Liam, what's your prediction, mate? My prediction is that Carlisle are going to get a lot richer because... Dean Henderson, looking uh, likely to leave at Man United. I, I read somewhere we've got a 10% sell-on clause and he's valued at around £40 million. Jeez. Mm, a okay. million pounds coming into Brunton Park. You know, that, that immediately sells off the debt. So that, that's my prediction. We're going to be a lot richer come the end of the season. <laughs> I like that. I hope, I, hope that, I hope that comes true, man. I like that. Wills, your prediction, please, sir. We're going to beat somebody 5-0. There's going to be a game, a game this season, because there's some bad teams, as bad as we've been, hopefully we're improving and can get a decent striker in. There are some really poor teams in this division, and I can, I can just think, like, if we sort ourselves out, even if we're still just... There's going to be a game where someone just comes up, just comes a cropper, and, you know, we end up scoring. I mean, it might be... This might be where Sam Fishburne puts himself over there, or or all the goals might be scored by the striker that we buy with the Henderson millions. <laughs> well, lad, the second half of the season is shaping up to be a lot more exciting than the first half of the season. And thank I'll you both. <laughs> thank you both so much for joining me for this little sort of improvised episode, this half season awards review. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to call it, but yeah, thank you both so much for joining us. Wills, you're here most weeks, so people know where to find you. Liam Denwood, you've been on here a few times, but not in a while. Um, is it still YouTube the best place to find you? Yeah, YouTube and Twitter. Uh, Blue Army TV on YouTube and at Liam Denwood on Twitter. They're, they're my two main socials. That's it, man. That's it. So that's with the plugs out the way. And uh, that's enough from us, I reckon, this week, lads, as Zoom Premium counts down to trying to charge me for the pleasure of having a freeway conversation with you two. And, uh, yeah, that's enough, actually. So uh, do not forget to like and subscribe and follow not only myself here on the Blue Army podcast but obviously go and follow Liam like he's just said over there on the YouTube with his Blue Army TV and on his Twitter it's uh, well worth I'll put those links in the description for the episode Uh, lads thank you so much for joining us and uh, there's nothing else to say really apart from bye for now bye (laughs) bye
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.